Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. What a weekend it was. Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company. I'm your host, Raymond Parch III, better known as RP3. Joined here in the game studios on this Memorial Day by the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names. We got a great show lined up for you today. Plenty to get to. We only have two guests on the docket, so to speak. Jeff Palermo from the Louisiana Radio Network and Tiger Rag Radio will join us at 7.30. And then our good friend Jim Gazzolo from the Lake Charles American Press will join us at 8.30 today. Got a lot to get to on this Memorial Day edition of RP3 and Company. Plus, we have day baseball. That's right. Houston Astros will continue that long road trip after being avoided, being swept by Seattle yesterday. Winning the final game 2-1. to one. They now will head over to lovely, lovely Oakland, California to take on the Athletics Memorial Day game. First pitch set for 3-10. 3-10. You can listen to that game live right here. On the game, you're home for Houston Astros baseball. We'll get to NBA Finals. They're now set. We'll even get to a little racing if we have some time. And, of course, we'll take your phone calls. Game hotline is open. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. But we got to get to all the news over the weekend in particular, college baseball. What a weekend it was. We'll start off with me being absolutely wrong, which happens often. I didn't think there was any way possible that LSU would not host a regional. They got to 18 wins. Usually 17 wins is the plateau in SEC play to host an NCAA regional. Not only did the Tigers get to 17 wins, they did so before even the conference tournament, which was delayed over and over again due to weather. And then they get to 18 wins. They beat Kentucky in their first game as the four seed, and they're off and running. But then they lose to top-ranked, top-rated Tennessee, And then they lose their elimination game. And their weakness with their pitching staff was shown during the SEC tournament because they couldn't throw Hilliard again after throwing him against Kentucky. 
and it showed. But even after that, I said, okay, LSU should still host. They got to 18 wins. They're LSU. But the NCAA committee said, no, no. And I was a bit stunned by this. They selected their 16 national seeds, their 16 sites for hosting an NCAA regional. Last night, they unveiled that. Auburn, Austin, Texas, Blacksburg, Virginia, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, College Park, Maryland, College Station, Texas, Coral Gables, Florida, Corvallis, lovely Oregon. Gainesville, Florida is the stunner. Greenville, North Carolina, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We talked about Southern Miss being in the mix to host a regional. Knoxville, Tennessee, of course, number one seed in the country. Louisville, Stanford, Statesboro, Georgia. That's right, Georgia Southern's going to host. And Stillwater, Oklahoma. Essentially, Gainesville, if you want to look at it a certain way, Essentially, Gainesville and Florida making a run to the SEC championship game is where LSU should have been. The committee awarded the Gators, who came out of the loser's bracket, to make it all the way to the championship game in the SEC tournament. They were the seventh seed. They had an up-and-down season. But they were able to make a run, put together a postseason run in Hoover, which typically goes to the likes of LSU. And there you go. And it was a weird weekend because you had Florida make the run all the way to the uh, tournament championship game. You had Michigan take a bit away from the field, which will be unveiled today by them making a run and winning the Big Ten tournament. The Raging Cajuns stole a bit away by being on the outside looking in, but yet still winning their conference tournament. And of course, we'll get to the Raging Cajuns. But LSU not making it in. But when you look at when the dust settled, it makes sense even though I'm surprised by it. LSU was 38-20 and 20 overall, and their RPI was 25. The loss to Kentucky at the tournament hurt. That really hurt them. Kentucky was a double-digit seed. They made it to the... But losing to the Wildcats hurt them, dropped them a few points in their RPI, If LSU doesn't lose to Kentucky and let's say just makes it back and faces Tennessee and loses to Tennessee a second time, they're probably hosting. But the loss to Kentucky hurt again. They finished 38-20 and overall, RPI of 25. And here's an interesting stat. Of the 16 regional host teams... Each one of them had a better overall record than LSU, except for Florida, who was 39 and 22. And all 16 regional host teams had a better RPI than the Tigers. So there you go. 
So really, it kind of boils down to Florida making the run, right? Them making the run at the SEC tournament and LSU not. That's probably your difference there. Is that Florida probably took the regional away from Baton Rouge. Now, LSU didn't help itself by losing to Kentucky. But that's what happened. Now, LSU will be a two seed. We do anticipate that. And today we'll find out. At 11 o'clock, the selection show will be broadcast live on ESPN2. Shout out to the Deuce getting some love on this Memorial Day. Where LSU will go is anyone's guess. Some people, it's all over the place. Some people say they could see LSU going to Hattiesburg to be in the Southern Miss Regional as the two seed. You could also see the Raging Cajuns there as well. You could see LSU in the Louisville Regional. You could see LSU in the College Station Regional, even though I don't think they would put two uh, two divisional teams in the same regional. So they could also maybe go to Austin as well. So a lot of the same places you're seeing the Raging Cajuns be mentioned about possibly being headed, we're also seeing LSU being mentioned as a possible destination. Once again, we'll find out LSU will definitely be a two-seed where will they go? We'll find out at 11 o'clock today. So Tigers fall a little short. Bit of a surprise there that they don't get the regional despite getting to 18 conference wins. The Raging Cajuns, though. Hello. Up and down season, but they finish strong. Jacob Schultz was out of his mind on Saturday in that performance that he put together. Out of his mind. Legendary performance on the bump for the Raging Cajuns. He pitched one of the more ridiculous performances you're ever going to see. Don't forget, down 2 nothing against top-seeded Texas State, a team that had swept them during the regular season. But playing in San Marcos and playing in Montgomery are two totally different things. Two totally different things. And they come back and they win that game against Texas State. Jacob Schultz was absolutely unreal. How unreal was he on Saturday? Well, he pitched 140 through 142 pitches, I do believe. Pitched seven scoreless innings with 12 strikeouts. Was absolutely phenomenal. Tyler Robinson hit two home runs and had all three of Louisiana's RBIs. They get past Texas State and then awaiting the Cajuns, was Georgia Southern, the team with the highest-ranked RPI of any team in the Sun Belt Conference. 
so much so that Statesboro, Georgia is going to be hosting uh, NCAA Regional for the first time. And it's only, only the third different time, third team, third Sunbelt team to ever host an NCAA Regional. Coastal Carolina did it in 2018. UL, of course, did it in 2000, 2014, and 2016. And now Georgia Southern will be doing it in Statesboro, Georgia this year. So a formidable opponent. Made no bones about it. Absolutely formidable opponent. Yet, what do the Raging Cajuns do? They go out there. They battle back. They win the game. Seven to six. Cajuns get their first NCAA regional since 2016. It's UL's fifth fifth ever Sunbelt Conference Tournament title. And And what made the comeback so much crazier is that the Cajuns were down five nothing in that ball game. Five nothing. And then they tied it 5-5 in the top of the seventh. And then end up winning the ballgame. Ridiculous. Great mental toughness there on part of Matt Deggs' team. And remember, they made that run last year at the conference tournament. Fall just short, remember? That was on their brain, motivation. And they had an up and down season. Don't forget, this is a team that lost to Little Rock in its final regular series. Was swept by Texas State. Back-to-back weekends where you're like, eh. But they turned it on. And the single elimination tournament benefited the Cajuns greatly, by the way. Many Cajun fans were not happy. Matt Deggs wasn't even thrilled about it. It became win in advance, and that's exactly what the Cajuns did, and they won the tournament to go to an NCAA regional. Got win number 36. Can't make this up. Win number 36. That was Tony Robichaud's number. They get win 36 to win the Sunbelt Conference Tournament and punch their ticket to an NCAA regional. I could see them going to Hattiesburg. I really could. Once again, we'll find out the sa- today, not even this afternoon. We'll find out in the middle of the morning, right before lunchtime at 11 o'clock, they'll have the selection show live. Cajuns are in. They'll be more than likely a three seed. Where do they go? I could see them being placed at Southern Miss. Once again, Southern Miss joining the Sunbelt Conference. So you have that whole storyline. Also, Southern Miss and UL are old rivals. They don't really like each other. You could play that up as well. So we'll see. We'll see where Matt Deggs' team goes, but the fact that they were able to win uh, the conference tournament like that is phenomenal. Something phenomenal happened over the weekend as well in Lake Charles, just not for the home team. Southeastern Louisiana was a 500 ball club most of the year. They just were. 
They started off strong. They beat Mississippi State, which was a big deal before we found out that Mississippi State was awful. You're defending national champs. And Southeastern just did not play up to their standard. And they were swept by McNeese. And then on Thursday night, McNeese wins game one of the Southland Conference Championship Series in walk-off fashion. It was a record-tying tournament winning streak set at 12 games that tied the conference record for the Southland Conference. McNeese had won 12 straight tournament games. They had beaten Southeastern, swept them during the regular season, beat them twice in the Southland Conference tournament the previous season, and Justin Hill's team was attempting to go three in a row. The program had never won three tournaments championships in a row, trying to get to its third straight NCAA regional. And they win Thursday night in walk-off fashion. We talked about it on Friday's show. How would the teams respond that next day? Could Southeastern get over the hump of knowing that McNeese beat them yet again and that they lost in dramatic fashion? Could McNeese refocus itself and get ready to punch its ticket to an NCAA regional? It was a bizarre game Friday night. I was there in the chuck for it. The two teams left 23 runners on the base paths. They were constantly getting guys on, constantly. And neither team could score until the very end when Southeastern wins on a walk-off walk. I didn't stutter. Walk-off walk. McNeese bumbled that game. They had a couple errors. There was one decision in particular in the inning where the catcher There's a strikeout, the batter strikes out, and the catcher, instead of fielding the pitch that got past him, instead of fielding the pitch and then throwing to first to get the the out, sees the runner kind of come off the bag a little bit at third and decides to throw it to the third baseman. The runner was safe at third. The runner was safe at first. The innings extended. Southeastern scores a run. It was that kind of night for McNeese. And they kept straining runner after runner on the base pass. And then they bring in some pitchers. And one pitcher walks a batter on five pitches. The next pitcher comes in and walks the game-winning run in on, guess what, five pitches. And you went, woof. And you go, okay, how are they going to bounce back the next day? Can they can they bounce back? Because now all the pressure goes from being on Southeastern to save off elimination, and then it all goes on McNeese. Because now you have the pressure of knocking this out and winning this. And they tried to fight. But credit Southeastern, they secured their first Southland Conference tournament since 2014. Their first NCAA tournament tournament berth since 2017 as they took the series finale 
and did so. And let's be honest, fairly convincing fashion. Preston Faulkner played out of his mind. He was a monster in both Friday night's game and Saturday's game. He was named to your most valuable player and placed on the all-tournament team. But disappointing end, for sure, for the McNeese Cowboys. So their season comes in an end. No regional for them, but Southeastern gets in. And with the addition of Louisiana Tech, not the most popular team around here, but they won their conference tournament. Louisiana will have four teams in NCAA regionals. How many will be paired up together? We'll have to wait to find out at 11 o'clock today. Louisiana Tech's going to be in. LSU's going to be in. Southeastern Louisiana's going to be in. And the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. It's like softball all over again. Just add one more team. And none of them will be playing in Louisiana. (laughs) Just like softball, no one will be playing in the state of Louisiana. I'd be willing to bet you, though, two of those teams will be paired up in a regional together. I just have no idea who they could be. So we'll find out. Cajuns, conference tournament winner, they're in. Southeastern Louisiana won the Southland over McNeese. They're in. Louisiana Tech won the Conference USA tournament in Hattiesburg, nonetheless. They're in. And LSU will get an at-large as a two-seed. I told you, it was a very busy weekend. Got to take a timeout. We'll talk more about the weekend action of conference tournaments. Look ahead for NCAA regionals, which will be unveiled today on Memorial Day, coming up at 11 o'clock. But you're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles appreciates the sacrifices made to grant all of us a chance to enjoy freedom on this Memorial Day. Now back to more of Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. What was the biggest surprise of the weekend? That is our poll question of the day here on this Memorial Day edition of RP3 and Company. Was it UL winning the SBC tournament? Was it LSU not hosting a regional? Was it the Astros losing to the Mariners? I warned y'all about that. Did I not talk about that on Friday? Did I not talk about this road trip on paper? Look like it should be easy for the Strohs, but to be wary of it. Or is it all of the above? Right now, 38% of you say UL winning the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. 24% of you say all of the above. 23% say LSU not hosting a regional. And 15% of you say Astros losing to the Mariners. Woof. Yeah, their, their bats just absolutely disappeared in that series against the Mariners. And credit Seattle. I, 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 said, it, I said it over and over again. I said, watch out, because for Seattle, this is the type of series that you can turn your season around for. It's the same thing for Oakland. The Astros have a target on their back. And when you come to town, you're going to get the best effort from that team that's bringing you in, that's hosting you. 
And Seattle takes two of three again from the Strohs. Where will our teams fall for the NCAA regional? That's the big intriguing question this morning. Now, we do know Raging Cajuns are supposed to be having some sort of event to unveil where they're going. Been told that's going to be at Pete's shortly after 11 o'clock. So there'll be a mad dash by yours truly and more than likely Kevin Foote, host of Footnotes 9 to 11, to get there in an appropriate amount of time (laughs) to hear from Coach Deggs and some players. Audio will be retrieved. But it leads us to another question. Where are we going to see the teams go? Southeastern, we know, will be a four seed somewhere. Cajuns will more than likely be a three seed. LSU a two seed. Tech could be a two or a three as well. So you're going to have four teams from the state of Louisiana making it into a regional field. Where are they going to go? I could definitely see the Cajuns in Hattiesburg. If I had to guess right now, looking at the regional sites, I would say Raging Cajuns. I like their chances of being in Hattiesburg. For the regional, I would like them to possibly be in College Station at Texas A&M for the regional. Or I could see them be in Austin for the regional. And the reason why I say that is the NCAA has pretty much indicated that they're going to try to keep teams as close to home as possible. Gas prices and whatnot, travel they're going to try their best to keep them close to home, right? So we do know that. So if I had to pick three sites for the Cajuns, just guessing, I have no inside information, I have no sources or sauces, however you want to describe it. If I had to pick three possible regional spots for the Cajuns, Hattiesburg's number one on my list, College Station is number two, Austin's number three. Southeastern, I think they're going to get paired up with someone else. But I could see them even going as far as Knoxville because they're going to be the four seed and they make the four seeds travel farther. LSU, though, is intriguing because typically, typically, the NCAA likes to send LSU out west when they don't host. And I was going to get to that point, but credit Tyler Landry for hitting me up with the direct message saying, hey, they always send LSU out west when they don't host. And he's right. So you look at the list of regional sites. What does that leave the Tigers? Tops on that list for me is going to be Austin. I could definitely see them putting LSU as the two seed in the Austin regional. LSU, Texas, two perennial powers in the same regional, traditional powers. And if you're Texas, that's not a team that you would want in your regional. But I could definitely see Austin being on top of that list. I don't think College Station is an option. I really don't. They typically don't try to put two teams from the same conference, much less the same division in the same regional. But there's not that many options All the regional sites are east of LSU, with the exception of a few. Austin, College Station, 
and then the Wolftastic one, well, two more. Corvallis, Oregon State, LSU had to go out there last year, remember, and then Stillwater, Oklahoma. So if I had to guess for LSU where they're going to go for a regional, because typically they always go out west when they don't host. Austin is number one on my list there. I like Stillwater as an option as well. I like the SEC being paired up with the Big 12 there. And I'm not going to say Corvallis because they went there last year. I'm going to go for a team that's east of LSU, and that's Louisville. So if I had to pick three spots that I think LSU is going to be going towards for regional sites, Austin is number one on my list. I also pick Stillwater, Oklahoma, and I pick Louisville, Kentucky. So we will find out in a big way. Once again, for the Cajuns, I think Austin is a possibility. I think Hattiesburg is a possibility. And I think College Station is a possibility for the Cajuns. Southeastern, I think you're going to see Southeastern get packaged probably with LSU or the Cajuns. Either one of those, or they could get packaged with the Louisiana Tech. I could see that happening as well. As for the Bulldogs, you don't have a regional in Arkansas, right? You don't have one close by. I think Stillwater is in the mix for Louisiana Tech, if I had to pick. I like that. For them, for Louisiana Tech, I also think Austin could be an option for them. There's really not that many options. Now, the wild card for going back to LSU, Stanford is a host. That's another perennial power, traditional power. Instead of sending the Tigers out to Corvallis, could they send them to Stanford? That could be an option. So we'll find out what happens with the Tigers. Southeastern, though, I feel like will be packaged with one of the other Louisiana teams. I think you're going to see three of the four go to separate regionals, and then Southeastern is going to be packaged with one of those three because they're the four seed. They're your automatic qualifier. They're, they were 29-29 and 29 there during the conference tournament heading to the final game. So... They're going to help them out and go, okay, guys, you can, you'll go and you'll be the four seed, but you'll go and play in this regional with another Louisiana team. I feel like that's probably what's going to happen. I could be wrong. I could absolutely be wrong, but that's what I would feel like. I don't think you're going to get Cajuns and LSU in the same regional. I know some people were hoping for that. I don't see that. If LSU hosted, I could see that. But I don't. So... LSU's probably going to be forced to play out West. If I had to guess right now, I already gave you my top three. I think I see the, I see the Cajuns either going to Hattiesburg or College Station. Those are my top two right there. Austin would be the third option. I see LSU going. Austin would be my number one choice. Then I'd probably pick Stanford as my number two. 
and then Louisville a distant third, a distant third, so to speak. And then Tech, there's no telling. Wherever LSU Cajuns don't end up in that in that trifecta of like Stillwater, Austin, and College Station, I think you're going to see Louisiana Tech placed in one of those. But we'll find out today, eleven o'clock selection Monday will occur. We got to take a timeout. When we return here in RP3 and Company, we'll get to some clips. Share some audio for you from the weekend, from McNeese, and then maybe some Cajun clips as well. You're listening to RP3 and Company on this Memorial Day edition of our show. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. On this Memorial Day, the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles honors the fallen, those brave men and women who gave all so we can live free. Now, back to more of Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Want to see the Astros in person? Of course you do. Then listen up. The game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astro weekend getaway. Houston takes on the Chicago White Sox on Saturday, June 18th, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or at 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astro Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Le Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. That's right. Four tickets, tour the ballpark, and hotel accommodations. Strohs, White Sox, Southsiders, come to town June the 18th. We want to send you there with our latest Astro Weekend Getaway. But you can only win that by becoming a member of our clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't forget to keep voting on our poll question of the day. What was the big surprise for you over the weekend? Was it the Raging Cajuns winning the Sunbelt Conference Tournament? Was it the LSU Tigers not getting a regional despite winning 18 games in SEC play? Was it the Astros dropping two of three to the Mariners? Or was it all of the above? Let us know with our poll question of the day with your votes and then leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter on this special Memorial Day edition of RP3 and Company. Let's talk a little Raging Cajuns. Let's hear from the Cajuns, the victorious Cajuns who knocked off their arch rival South Alabama in their first game, then defeated top-ranked, top-seeded Texas State, a team that swept them three times or swept them in a three-game series during the regular season. Did that in the semifinals and then turned around and beat Georgia Southern, the team with the best RPI in the Sun Belt Conference, a team that's hosting a regional, by the way, to win it all. Coach Matt Deggs was asked to elaborate about what was the greatest gift after winning the Sunbelt Conference Tournament and punching their ticket to a regional for the first time since 2016. It's, a, it's the best feeling you can get, and that's why you do this. And, you know, I hear a lot of talking, and redemption is super, super powerful. To know the depths of where we've been and where we started and, and 
to where we're at now is it doesn't get any better. Besides having your wife and kids and family and all of that, that's a given. That it doesn't, the brotherhood of that bond doesn't get any better. And that's what you chose to finally see it. And you knew, you know it can happen. To finally see it, I just uh, unbelievably happy and fulfilled. You know, it was their 36th win of the season. Of course, Tony Robichaud wore 36. They won the game at 36 after the hour. And they also won the game with Will Vaughn stepping up with the walk-off hit. Phenomenal moment for that young man. It was also his birthday. Shout out to him for the birthday. But... You know, they were down in this game yesterday five runs. It was five to nothing in this ball game. So much so a certain afternoon host was not happy with what was going on in a group text. Enjoy your day off, Mr. Miguez. But Will said they never lost hope. They never lost never lost confidence, especially with Bo Bonds being on the mound, Will Vaughn said they knew they could still get the win. I mean, that's never a good feeling, but I know the type of hitters we got on this team, the type of leaders we got. And when Bo was on the mound, we knew he was going to hold him down for a while and give us a chance to come back. And that's exactly what we did. Like Coach Dex said, we got last week. Our offense is, I wouldn't say slow and steady, but we can scratch every now and then, each inning. And I mean, we, we can have those big innings, but. So they were confident that they were going to win this ball game, and rightfully so. And and look, Coach Deggs was asked about Will's at bat, his game winning at bat, and in the process about it. I wasn't real happy with his last at bat when he watched fastball off the left. You know, I had I was going to make up my mind. I was probably going to go with Trey, actually, and we missed it and run. We got a break there. And then I think they went out to talk to the pitch. No, they reviewed it. And so I went down and I told uh, Will, I said, I'm about to punch hit for you here, bud. And he just said, no, you're not. And he said, I'm going to get it done right here. And I said, well, then prove it. He's got, man, I'm not a little back and forth. He, he, uh, he can give us. Gets after it. I like that. He tells his skipper, no, I got this. And that's what Deggs wants, right? He likes pushing his guys to take that, and he, he that's what he wants to hear from his guys. He doesn't want to see uncertainty. He wants a guy to step up and be like, no, you're not, coach. I got this. That's what you want to see. Bo Bonds, man, you know, he did his job. He came in and handled his business, and he asked, you know, about just being kind of that next guy up mentality that this team has. Uh, it's just... Our, our pitching staff all year has just been about picking the next guy up. So I just went in there and picked Jeff up. You know, he didn't throw terrible. I mean, it was just, you got to pick each other up. Um, and I knew Jeff would do that for me. It was switched. I knew anybody on our staff would pick each other up. Fastball was working pretty good. Curveball command, I had it sometimes, most of the time. Sometimes it cut away from me. But all in all, everything was working. And here are the Cajuns. First NCAA regional since 2016. They finish off their season by winning their conference tournament. 
and did so by taking out two of the best teams in the country. I mean, look, they two of their three wins in Montgomery came against teams that are going to be playing in NCAA regionals. It's not like they beat a bunch of scrubs. Texas State is going to be in a regional. Georgia Southern is hosting a regional. So they beat quality competition to punch their ticket for the big tournament. And Coach Deggs talked about where his team is right now after they won the Sunbelt Conference tournament heading into an NCAA regional. Very, very thankful to the Lord for putting us in this situation and bringing us all together. Uh, this is a family and a tight, tight, tight knit team, as tight as a family. These boys have all been raised the right way, and they got a lot of grit and a lot of heart and a lot of fight. We saw it all year. They're uncommon in everything they do. They play like savages, man. They just don't give in. And they never care who gets credit, and it's just about team. We saw the power of a team today. I think our best trade, and the reason I'm so upset about a single elimination tournament is our best trade is, is we just outlast people that. I didn't know if we'd get that opportunity single elimination. So Georgia Southern outlasts a lot of people, too. They play our game, and we play our game. And it was like two bulls button heads. And uh, But it's all about these boys, man. And uh, they just changed the trajectory of this program. A proud, historic program with the best fan base in the country. Like I said, I came here three years ago to take over for one of my best buddies. And uh, waiting a long time for this moment. And I couldn't be any more proud. So Cajuns will find out where they're headed once again. I like them in the Hattiesburg Regional. I think that makes a lot of sense. More than likely is a three seed there. Lots of storylines there, plus it's easy to drive to. If it's not Hattiesburg, I think Matt Deggs' team is going to end up in College Station. That's where I could see the Cajuns being at Hattiesburg or College Station. Either way, drivable for, I don't know, Kevin Foote and RP3 to get to on that Friday. It's a possibility. Plans will be made. Weekend is cleared. Just saying. We got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up our number one on this Memorial Day edition of RP3 and Company. Game hotline is open. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. In honor of those who pay the ultimate price, the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles remembers those brave individuals on this Memorial Day. Now back to more of Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville. That's right. Richard Seafood Patio is some of the best boiled crawfish, but also serves up boiled shrimp, boiled crabs, fried and grilled seafood, pool boys, and even a seafood buffet. Go sign up for the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio. Once again, that's a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio, but you can only win that by signing up for the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. 
to score that $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio. So go sign up today. It's free to do so. Poll question of the day. We asked you, what was the biggest surprise of the weekend? It was a weekend filled with drama and intrigue. What was the biggest surprise of this holiday weekend? And right now, 38% of you say the Louisiana Raging Cajuns winning the Sunbelt Conference Tournament was the biggest surprise of the weekend. 28% of you say the Astros losing to the Seattle Mariners. You just don't walk into the Emerald City and just come away with a victory. I I warned y'all. I warned y'all about the road trip. I just did. And so did footsie. 28% say Astros losing to the Mariners. And now tied for third apiece. 17% apiece. LSU not hosting a regional. And all of the above. Both rocking 17% apiece. Let's get to some comments. Salty Steve says, Sam Burns, after sitting two hours in the clubhouse, rises to the occasion and beats world number one on the first playoff hole by draining a 30-foot putt in difficult conditions. Go Tigers. Don't forget, that's also his best friend, Salty Steve. Best friend. He took down his best friend as well. Sam Burns has been on a tear this year. You're really seeing him ascend to being one of the world's best golfers. Ton on Twitter says, I said Astros simply because LSU and Cajuns aren't a surprise. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. That's going to do it for hour number one. Hour number two coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Welcome back to RP3 and Company on this Memorial Day edition of our show. I'm your big, bald, and beautiful host, Raymond Parts III. Of course, I'm joined here in the game studios by the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names. Intern extraordinaire, Daryl, is here as well on the holiday. My man's dedicated to getting his education on. Could we possibly have him come sit in the studio this morning and have him talk about sports? Maybe. Maybe. Is he ready for that? I don't know. <laughs> so there'll be a conversation had with our new intern about that. <laughs> if he feels comfortable enough only being in his second week of his internship to be sitting in front of a microphone or not. Now, that'll be a conversation that'll be had off the air. No pressure, Daryl. Don't worry about it. So we've talked a lot about NCAA regionals. That will be set up, unveiled with the selection show today at 11 o'clock. Raging Cajuns will be having a shindig at Pete's on Johnston. That'll begin at 11 o'clock. Now, that doesn't mean that the Cajuns will be find out where they're going right at 11 o'clock, but there will be a watch party at Pete's on Johnston. 
at 11 o'clock. Cajuns, of course, over the weekend, they won the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, took out the one seed Texas State in the semis, then took out Georgia Southern in the championship game. Georgia Southern's so good, they're actually hosting a regional. Unlike LSU, which despite getting to 18 wins, did not get in. I think two things happened with the Tigers, which I'm surprised they didn't get the regional. Typically, the standard is getting to 17 wins. That's always historically been what is needed to host a regional. They got to 18, didn't get it. Why? Well, one, they lost to a bad Kentucky team in the elimination game. That hurt their chances. That hurt their RPI. Second was Florida. Florida making a run all the way to the SEC tournament championship game. That actually gave them a boost in the RPI that gave Florida also a chance to host a regional. I believe the Baton Rouge regional became the Gainesville regional because of those two things. So we know the Cajuns are going to be in the field. Where are they going to go? I believe it's going to be Hattiesburg. If it's not Hattiesburg, it's going to be College Station. Those would be my top two choices. For LSU, I they always send them out west when they don't host. So I like them to go to Austin or Stanford. But I could also see Louisville in the mix as well for the Tigers. We'll find out at 11, or starting at 11. Joining them in the regional round is going to be, of course, the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, who won their tournament. Where are they going to go? And Southeastern Louisiana, who upset McNeese, down one game to none in a best-of-three series. They took... The next two games, including winning Friday's game on a walk-off walk to win their first conference title since 2014. So the Lions are going to be in the field as well. So four teams from the state of Louisiana are going to be in the NCAA regionals. We'll find out where they go today coming up at a little after 11 o'clock. But let's head out to the game hotline, which is open on this Memorial Day. And talk to the one and only Mr. Green, a.k.a. Jamie. Sir, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind, my friend? Hey, good morning, Mr. The Third. So uh, I wanted to go in and say a uh, big surprise this weekend. I was surprised by UL winning it all. Not that I didn't think they could, but, man, that was a gauntlet they had to run. And uh, they pulled it off. So that was uh, pretty surprising. Of course, that wasn't a surprising <clears> – <throat> that wasn't a surprising for me as discovering – Excuse me, Jamie. Jamie, it's okay, bud. Jamie, go ahead. Take a moment. Take a moment. Do you need some water? Maybe some uh, a refreshing cup of coffee, something to to help you out there. Maybe some herbal tea, bud. Are you okay? I'm good, man. That uh, that sinus infection is breaking up, so uh, I apologize for that. But uh, yeah, I was I was surprised the Pac-12 still existed. I kind of forgot about them, and I saw a Facebook post and went. Oh, yeah, they're still a thing, aren't they? Pac-12 so, uh, after dark, bud. Pac-12 after dark. Oh, I guess. Man, congratulations to the Cardinal or whatever, the tree, whatever their mascot is. But uh, I'm also very surprised by, number one, I'm surprised that Miss Five Names hasn't had a conniption fit because her favorite team has made the tournament. And I'm surprised that my first day of summer and I'm actually up and able to speak with you guys instead of sleeping. So, uh Anyway, there we go. There we go. Thank you for the phone call, Jamie. Have a great day. Yeah, have a good one. Hey, final D1 baseball projections. This is interesting. This has just been posted. Final D1 baseball projections for the NCAA regionals. 
Hattiesburg is going to turn into the Louisiana Invitational. In the latest projection, Southern Miss is going to be your 11 seed, 11 national seed. They will be the one seed in their own regional. Number two seed will be LSU. Number three will be Louisiana Raging Cajuns. And the four seed will be Southeastern Louisiana. Three of the four Louisiana teams in the latest D1 baseball projections have them all going to Hattiesburg. That would be convenient. (laughs) NCAA, that would be very convenient. (laughs) Just like, oh, wow. The final D1 baseball projections. Kendall Rogers and his team over there at D1Baseball.com, and they're usually pretty Johnny on the spot about these things. They're saying right now, they're in their final projection, that the Hattiesburg Regional will feature Southern Miss as the one seed, LSU as the two, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns as the three, and Southeastern Louisiana as the four. Louisiana be taking over Hattiesburg, which is only like three hours away, by the way. That would be absolutely bananas if that actually happens later on today. That would be blockbuster. I guess uh, if that happens, I'll definitely be spending my weekend in lovely Hattiesburg, Mississippi. (laughs) That's what that that means. Just saying, just saying, that's, uh, whew. man, would they really do that? Would they really, really do that? I mean, I've, I've been told by people I trust, by people I trust, that there is going to be a conscious effort this year that the regionals will very much feel like regional opponents, that they're going because of the enormous prices involved with travel right now due to gas prices being so high that the NCAA is going to try to keep regionals actually as regional opponents. You you can't get much more regional than that, folks. Three teams from Louisiana playing in Hattiesburg. Now, if you're Southern Miss, you hate this, and you go, why do you hate us, NCAA? Why? What did we ever do to you? Are you still angry about something Brett Favre did 35 years ago? I don't know. But this does follow the path of keeping things regional, reducing the travel cost, keeping everyone close by. That would be a game changer. An absolute game changer if that's actually what occurs. Once again, latest D1 projection, D1 baseball projections. Have Hattiesburg, obviously we know they're a host. But LSU would be the two seed. Louisiana Raging Cajuns would be the three seed. And Southeastern Louisiana would be the four seed in the Hattiesburg Regional. What? Let's get it. The intern's excited. He's already enthused. He can't believe that's the projection. Right now, let's head back out to the game hotline. Bring on our guy, Doug. Doug, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? What's on your mind this morning, bud? Yeah, happy Memorial Day, Ray. What's going on, man? To you and everybody else out there. 
Listen, Ray, I mean, that that would be sweet, everybody going to Hattiesburg. I mean, they, they could uh, divvy up the gas money and everybody pitch in a little bit, you know, make it cheaper. Yeah, and it's not uh, that far. It's only three hours for us. It's only going to be two hours for uh, LSU, and it's going to be about an hour and 15 minutes for our friends man, in Hammond. That's it? That's a lot. Yeah, that, hey, that's a lot better than going to uh, Oregon oh. like last year. Woof. I mean, good God. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. Bro. But look, Ray, hey, I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I mean, I know you talked about it all day Friday, uh, about the Tigers possibly hosting, but I'm not surprised. The, the pitching staff has let them down again. If they could have got by Kentucky, yeah, maybe so. But losing to Kentucky, man, I mean, good Lord. That killed it, it for him, him, Doug, right? I mean, let, 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 let's be honest. The, where, where it changed was – they lost to Kentucky, which hurt their RPI, and then Florida made a run to the title game. And and and, yeah. and, and there you go. Yeah. If Florida, yeah. if those two things don't happen, if if they beat Kentucky and lose to Tennessee in the semifinals, they're hosting. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I so agree I mean, it's, so but you're right. The 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 big hang up for this team has been their pitching and their lack of pitching depth. They don't have anyone else behind Mikhail Hilliard. They don't. They they don't have another guy they can go, you're our guy. Go out there and get it done. Get us five innings. They don't have another guy on the roster. No, they don't. And look, uh, the errors, the errors that plagued this team as of late, they kind of cleaned it up a little bit. Yeah, but then it it reared its ugly head again. Oh, man. I, I just don't understand. And look, it's your first year with Coach Jay. I'm going to give him this year. Hopefully he can get this pitching staff together for next year. I don't expect him to go deep into the uh, NCAA tournament. Not at all. And, and softball, I watched softball all weekend long, Ray. I, I, I watched every game. Man, it was great. And Florida, they, they're, the ladies softball, they're going to Oklahoma City. I mean, Florida's on a roll right now. And uh, Cajuns? I mean, they, they're deserving. I mean, they're champs for a reason. They got pitching staff and they got the batters. They got a good team, both baseball and softball. So, let's see where we go, Ray. All right, brother. Well, look, man, enjoy uh, your day, and we'll talk to you very soon, my friend. Thank you for the phone call. Thank you, Ray. Yeah, I mean, look, for LSU, that's what happened. If they don't lose to Kentucky, they're, they're hosting a regional. Plain and simple. But they lost to Kentucky, which hurt their RPI. And, and look, credit the Wildcats. They bounced back in this tournament. And they came out and, and they played well. Okay, so credit them. They played well. But if LSU beats Kentucky, they're hosting a regional. Because they get to 19 wins. And that'd be a, a game changer. And they should have already hosted, but two th- to the two things happened. They lost to a bad team in the tournament that killed their chances. And then Florida makes their magical run to the conference championship game. There you go. And now it appears that they could be heading over to Hattiesburg. Latest D1 baseball projections once again. Southern Miss is your host. We already knew that last night. But 
D1 Baseball has the latest projections being the other three teams being from the state of Louisiana. Louisiana would be taking over Hattiesburg. Is there enough adult beverages in the town of Hattiesburg to handle this? Someone needs to find out. Because the fan bases of the Lions, the Tigers, and the Cajuns, they like to uh, have a good time. So, latest D1 baseball projections. Southern Miss is your host. LSU, the two seed. Louisiana, the three seed. And Southeastern Louisiana, the four seed. woo man. That would be a heck of an NCAA regional. So we'll see if that actually happens once again. Selection Monday show will begin at 11 o'clock today. Raging Cajuns are having a watch party at Pete's on Johnston. You, you are, of course, are invited to attend. Yes, even you are invited, Hannah Five Names. Interns invited as well. Everyone out there listening, you're invited. You Got to take a timeout. Keep those phone calls coming. I'd love to hear from you. Game hotline is open always. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. On this Memorial Day, the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles honors the fallen, those brave men and women who gave all so we can live free. Now, back to more of Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Oh, poll question of the day on this Memorial Day edition of RP3 and Company. We asked you what was the biggest surprise of the weekend. Was it the Louisiana Raging Cajuns winning the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, knocking off Texas State in the semifinals, the top seed, and then beating Georgia Southern in the championship game, coming from behind in both of those contests? Was it LSU not hosting a regional? Once again, I broke it down for you. If they didn't lose to Kentucky... They probably host a regional. But the loss to Kentucky hurt their RPI. If they would have lost to, say, Texas A&M, not an issue. If they would have beat Kentucky and then lost to Tennessee in the nightcap, not an issue. But the fact that they lost to a bad Kentucky team and then also Florida makes its run to the conference championship game, that essentially knocked LSU from hosting a regional. Was it the Astros losing to the Mariners? I warned you about those Mariners. I warned you about this road trip. Nine-game road trip, Mariners, Athletics, Kansas City Royals, back-to-back-to-back for the Strohs. They were feeling themselves. They were feeling good, but it's hard to win on the road. And when you're the Astros and you go to a town, you're going to get the best effort from the team that you're playing. And Seattle, they look at that as a way to turn their season around, and that they did took two of three. Strohs are able to avoid being swept by winning yesterday's game two to one. But the bats were kind of silenced over the weekend in a big way. Or was the biggest surprise all of the above? 40% of you right now say it's UL winning the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. 21% 
apiece, tied for second, is LSU not hosting a regional and the Astros losing to the Mariners. And 18% of you say all of the above. JPK, the OD, says none of the above. All went as planned. Apparently, JPK, the OD, not only is he a, I don't know, Instagram chef, he's also apparently a prophet. Shout out to JPK, the OD, feeling himself. I'm here for. We're supportive. This man says he expected UL to win the conference championship. Expected LSU not to host regional. Expected the Astros lose to the Mariners. And then expected, that's what he expected. Shout out to you, JPK, the OD. I mean, I'm not for sure if that's how you really felt on Friday. But we're going to say that you did. We're going to say that you did. It's okay. It's going to be okay. J- and you know why JPK, the OD, is allowed to do that? Would you like to know why? Because he shares great food ideas with us. That's what he does. We're going to allow it. Going to allow it. That's what we're going to do. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day on this special Memorial Day edition of RP3 and Company. Look, just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. Don't get crazy with it today with the comments, okay? It's a holiday. Blaith Painter on Facebook says, Louisiana winning the SBC, not necessarily a surprise, but the competition they had to beat made it unlikely. They had to check all the boxes to get it done. Go Cajuns. Yeah, look, of the things that happened, that's the most surprising, not because the Cajuns didn't have the potential, but it was the most difficult of the three things. I told you about the fact that Seattle was going to be coming to play against the Astros and that it's difficult to win on the road. Baseball's a long season. I was not surprised by that. I was not as surprised by LSU, especially since they lost to Kentucky. Heading into the weekend, I would have been surprised by that. But the fact that LSU lost to Kentucky, a bad Kentucky team at that, surprised but not as surprised as the Cajuns. And not because the Cajuns weren't capable. We hadn't seen them play that way in three days. And them going to the single elimination format turned a switch for them. Their tournament being delayed due to weather over there in Montgomery for a few days. They didn't start to play until Friday. They were well rested. And then it was single elimination time. And they were locked in. They easily took care of South Alabama. And then on Saturday, they rallied against Texas State. Did not lose their nerve did not get down on themselves. They come back from behind to win that game, to knock off the top-seeded team, a team that swept them during the regular season. And then they have to turn around and take on Georgia Southern, a team with the best RPI in the conference, so much so that they're hosting an NCAA regional. And they're down 5 to nothing in that game yesterday. 5 to nothing. Yet, they just found a way. Came back and win it in dramatic fashion to win the Sunbelt Conference Tournament and punch their ticket to an NCAA regional for the first time since 2016. Third year of the Matt Deggs era, he gets him to a regional and is a conference tournament champion. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day.
Leave your comments, of course, on the Facebook and the Twitters. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. Or keep it clean for the adults. Or keep it clean for the producer extraordinaire. Who is, by the way, a lip-syncing master. Didn't know if you knew that, intern. (laughs) Before we hit a timeout, as I'm getting the business through the glass window, Today is the day that you're going to sign up for the game clubhouse. Producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names has already done it, so you know it's cool. Because what she does is cool. That's right. Not only is it free to join, but you're going to get the chance to enter to win tremendous free gifts. Like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. That's right. Mouth-watering steaks cooked to perfection tremendous side dishes, and so much more. You can only score that $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse, though, by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up today. It's free to do so. All the cool kids are doing it. Producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names has already done it. And when you think of cool, you think of the fourth best bowler on her own team. That is cool. Could she be the better bowler on her bowling league team? Yes. She chooses not to be. That's how cool she is. She doesn't want to embarrass the other folks on the team. She doesn't want to make her fiancé feel bad about how awesome she is. She's like, I'm going to let you have this. I'm going to let you have this. Go sign up today. It's free to do so. we got to take a time out on this Memorial Day edition of the show. When we return, Jeff Palermo from the Louisiana Radio Network and, of course, co-host of Tiger Rag Radio will be joining us to talk all things LSU. How do they feel about the Tigers? Where does he think they're going to go? That's all coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles appreciates the sacrifices made to grant all of us a chance to enjoy freedom on this Memorial Day. Now back to more of Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Oh, the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It does not really matter. Either way you go, either way you type in the old URL, we can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, by the way, the uh, new intern from UL, he's already signed up for it. That's how cool it is. Once you become a member of our rewards club, you're going to have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. We want to help you take your lady out for some delicious Gulf seafood, but you can only win that $50 gift certificate to Half Show Oyster House by joining the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up today. It's easy to do so. It's free to do so. It's simple to do so. So go take care of your business and become a member of our clubhouse today. Right now, though, it's time for us to welcome on our first guest of today's RP3 and Company. He's the man who's the news and sports director for the Louisiana Radio Network. He's also co-host of Tiger Rag Radio. It's our good friend, the one and only Mr. Jeff Palermo. Jeff, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? 
Well, we're doing well, doing well. Uh, one of the uh, best weekends in my sports calendar years coming up. I love the NCAA baseball regionals, and it's uh, even better when you got four schools from Louisiana involved in them. Absolutely. Lots of Louisiana flavor, uh, but it, we won't be able to experience any of that here in the state of Louisiana, just like softball, Jeff. It's almost uh, uh, just a, another, you know, a mirror image of it where we have a lot of talented teams, but none enough to host a regional. Let me ask you this. I feel like it was a combination for LSU of losing to a bad Kentucky team and Florida making a run to the championship game is why they're not hosting a regional. Am I completely off base there? Um, no, I don't know if it's necessarily Florida. I, I mean, I think it's the that it's I think it's the RPI that just is holding them back uh, at twenty five, and I think it goes back to what happened in the middle of May when they got swept by a bad Ole Miss team at home. I think that's where it goes back to. I think it also goes back to. I mean, heck, you can even go all the way back to the series or when they played in the Shriners Hospitals for Children College Classic in Houston and losing two out of three there. Um, not winning a series at home against Auburn is huge. I mean, Auburn gets a regional over LSU, even though Auburn didn't even win a game in the SEC tournament, finished behind LSU in the standings, uh, fifth versus fourth. But Auburn had the higher RPI because they came here to Baton Rouge and won two out of three in LSU. Uh, obviously lost that series, uh, losing that series at home to Texas A&M. So I don't think the SEC tournament played that big of a role. Yes, you, don't, you, you, you don't think it helped did, Florida host a regional? Well, I mean, I think it, it, it's still all about the, the complete what you do the entire season. I mean, it just isn't exactly what the – what I'm telling you is that the regional site was not between LSU and Florida. To me, I think it's more LSU versus Auburn. Ooh, uh, I mean, it, I, I, I think that's where – that, to me, is where the comparison is. And, our, and, and Auburn's RPI is much higher than LSU's. And I think it would have helped LSU in the SEC tournament if they would have played Auburn instead of playing Kentucky. But Kentucky beats Auburn, correct? So they end up playing Kentucky, and then the Tigers really just get um, they, they get a. And I'm not making excuses for you know the fact of how they lost on Saturday, but they they got the the short end of the stick there, Raymond, and having to play. Two games into the early morning of the uh, two, two consecutive nights into the early morning uh, hours of the night, uh, the Kentucky game on Thursday night, the Tennessee game on Friday, and then trying to turn around and play a one o'clock or one thirty game whenever it started on Saturday afternoon, that was just difficult to do. And I understand we're talking about eighteen to twenty-two year old kids; their bodies bounce back a little bit better than ours, Raymond. If we stay up till two a.m., <laughs> but yeah. Um, I, I think it, I think that was uh, that was tough for LSU. Now, yeah, yeah, maybe if LSU can make that run to the SEC tournament championship game, things are different. But um, I, I, I think it's still all about the, the the complete body of work. I I don't think what happens in a tournament kind of trumps everything. I think you got to just look back at 
You know, those three series that LSU lost at home to Auburn, Texas A&M, and then getting swept by Ole Miss, those were, to me, those were killers all season long. Oh, I'm not debating that. And they had their own opportunity to host a regional. I just think Florida being where they were, and they had to go from single elimination and making it all the way to the championship game, I think that locked up their regional bid, right? And and that's how I look at it is for, for the Gators is that they helped themselves where in the case of LSU, they did not help themselves. And losing to Kentucky was brutal, right? Because it, it, if they beat Kentucky, then they lose to Tennessee again. They may have a chance to still host a regional, but the fact that they lost to Kentucky is a killer. I mean, that killed their yeah. RPI right there. They dropped them, what, four, four spots. So Hilliard pitched well for them. But once again, Jeff... They, they don't have anybody else that can go five innings, right? I mean, this is where it stands as we're about to head into June and head, head into an NCAA regional. They don't have anyone else besides Hilliard that they can count on to be a starting pitcher for a regional, correct? Yeah, I mean, Jacob Hasty, you would have thought um, that that was, I think that was obviously the most disappointing. Outside of them, obviously not really hitting the ball against Kentucky. And again, not to make excuses, um, but not having two of your best bats in the lineup in that game, and Kay Doty and Jacob Berry, that hurts LSU offensively. But this, uh, just a bad start for Jacob Hasty on Saturday. It, it put him behind the eight ball right off the bat. They weren't able to. They weren't able to bounce back from that, and that was that was difficult for them to overcome. Uh, there's. <laughs> and that was a guy that had been trending in the right direction, had been playing, had been pitching very well here for you lately, and to have him not pitch well in that game, that now you, you got to scratch your head a little bit. Now, maybe on the flip side to it, Ty Floyd pitched pitched good against Tennessee after a little bit of a rough start. He was able to stabilize things, and even Jay Johnson said after that game, that it gives him a little bit more confidence to start in a regional. So, yeah, when LSU goes into a regional, pitching-wise, you know you're going to get a good start from a Kale Hilliard, and it's going to be interesting to see how Jay Johnson sets up his pitching. Does he does he burn Mikhail Hilliard in that first game on Friday, or does he hope that he can do some sort of um, bullpen by committee and save Hilliard for a potential – you know, marble game on Saturday, uh, if they're able to win Friday, and, you know, that would get them into the championship round against whoever might be the one seed as long as they win. So I think that's a very interesting decision that Jay Johnson's got to make coming up here. But um, you can sit here and say that LSU doesn't have the pitching, but you also know that this team can erupt. This team, if they're if they're right, if certain guys are hot like Braden Bear. Um, you know, I, I think Dylan Cruz was kind of quiet in the three games in the SEC tournament. If those guys are are red hot, you can't you can't get them out. Um, that makes it very difficult for the uh, other teams in that regional. So it can go one of two ways, and that's kind of how the season's gone, right? For LSU, right? I mean, it's uh, when the bats are really clicking, it's just very difficult to beat this team. And uh, if it's not, then they're going to need some great pitching performances from certain guys and hope they step up. But uh, it's not ideal, I guess, to 
really answer your question, Raymond, to go into this thing knowing that you really have one starter that you can count on in a, in um, in an NCAA baseball regional. I know that the thought process was holding Barry and Dodie out to have them be fully healthy for an NCAA regional uh, was the thought process, and I don't disagree with that. Do we know if those two young men are actually going to be fully healthy and be ready to go for a regional? Well, Jay Johnson said so that he expects both of them they'll be re- they'll be ready. Uh, Johnson said he he thinks Jacob Barry will be fine. He said Kay Doty will be 100 percent healthy for the regional. So um, that's, you know, that was kind of the plan. Um, and I, I also get the sense that, you know, Jay doesn't – obviously you'd, you'd rather play at home. There, there's no doubt about that. You, you'd rather play at home. But um, to me, the way kind of Jay Johnson thinks, it's just like let, let, let's just find out where we're going to go. Uh, we're not going to really lament too much about not hosting – we're going to be happy we're in. Um, I think a, a foundation has certainly been set for his time here as the head baseball coach. I think we got an expectation of what he wants to do. And now let's just see, once we get two big cogs back in our lineup, let's see how potent we can be. And uh, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he or this team, especially the way this team is playing on the road this year, uh, other than the one weekend in Fayetteville, I don't think they're going to be deterred at all about going on the road, especially knowing if they got a healthy Barry and Doty to go with them. We're talking with Jeff Palermo of the Louisiana Radio <laughs> Network. He's also co-host of Tiger Rag Radio. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, bud. I, you know, typically when LSU does not host, the NCAA committee loves sending them way out west. Like, hey, go out to the Oregon Trail. But yeah. This year, we don't have a ton of West Coast teams hosting regionals. We have Stanford. We have Oregon State will host one. And then I guess, you know, Western uh, Austin College Station and, and Stillwater count in that regard. But D1 Baseball, their latest projections yeah. this morning have LSU, UL, and Southeastern Louisiana, three of the four teams from the state of Louisiana, playing in the Hattiesburg Regional are you surprised by that? And would you be surprised if that's actually what occurs when we find out the pairings, find out the regional uh, regional pairings at 11 o'clock? It makes sense that you put all three of them in there. Um, I certainly could see Southeastern going there. Um, I, I, I see, I think Louisiana Tech, I didn't see where they, they had Louisiana Tech, but I would imagine the Austin Regional sounds about right for them. I didn't or check, but that would sound Tech, right. That, that or Stillwater, yeah. Yeah, or College Station, one of those right. One of those areas it seems where they're kind of destined to go. But I have a feeling that the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee will mix it up a little bit more than that. Uh, there's always, when you look at these regionals, there's usually a team that comes from somewhere that's you know a few states away or or, you know it's going to be a plane ride in um so i would not be surprised i I think i would be surprised if we all see them there now it sounds logical right just uh, i mean that would be a about as regional as a regional can get if you had three louisiana teams in southern miss in hattiesburg That, that would make a lot of sense i have a feeling to mix it up here a little bit um i I would hope that the NCAA Baseball Tournament Selection Committee looks at it and says, okay, 
the three times that uh, you know we've we've sent LSU when they have not hosted a regional, we've sent them out onto the West Coast the last few times here. Whether it was Eugene, Corvallis, Los Angeles, uh, when they played in the UCLA regional, yeah. maybe they keep them a little bit closer to Baton Rouge. Whether that's you know somewhere like a Stillwater, uh, a Louisville, or something something or like that. Yeah. Uh, Austin, um, so I I, I, I kind of feel like LSU could go. They, they could go somewhere. I, I just I would be surprised if they don't if if it was that easy for them to just send all those schools there. I just think they like to to mix it up, and I think they will. They, I think they try to balance these regionals out the best way they possibly can with the RPI rating. So you gotta. I think you really got to take a, dive, a deep dive into it, look at where everybody's at with their RPI, and I think they try to to do their best to even it out. Granted, you know the Tennessee is theoretically should have the easiest regional, right? I mean they're they're going to be the number one seed, so um, you would think that LSU will go to some sort of school that uh, is you know either you know 12, 13, 14, 15, or 16. Yeah, they're going to be a 12, 13, or 14, 15, 16 national seed, somewhere around there. And, yeah, Southern Miss kind of obviously fits that. They, they would be one of those in one of those spots, that's for sure. Yeah, and the, the one last point on that, Jeff, is that the only reason why I think D1 baseball did that is because Southeastern and UL both were not going to be into getting to the field yeah. if they didn't win their conference tournaments, right? So that back to your RPI argument, that kind of makes sense. Because both of those teams right. had to win to get in, right? They took, they stole bids, as we like to say. So uh, I'll be interested to see. I don't think you're going to see three Louisiana teams in the Hattiesburg Regional, but I do think you see, you're going to see two because I think the committee is going to package Southeastern with another Louisiana team, no matter what. So I, I think that's going to happen. Uh, I think that's about yeah. Right. And it can't be Louisiana Tech. We know that. So correct. That obviously, it's good chance that maybe UL goes there, but. Uh, how does the committee feel about UL as a three seed? Do they think they're a, you know, they're a really good third seed? Then maybe they'll they'll send them to Southern Miss. If not, they think that uh, they're not. Then I think they'll go to College Station. I don't want to say they'll go to Texas. Yeah, yeah, they're going to go somewhere where yeah, College Station would be a good spot for them. Yeah. Texas A&M is obviously one of the best teams in the country. Jeff, appreciate your time as always, brother. Uh, keep up the great work, and we'll talk to you next Monday, my friend. All right, sounds good, Raymond. Appreciate it. That's Jeff Palermo from the Louisiana Radio Network, also co-host of Tiger Rag Radio, breaking it down there for us. And look, he's exactly correct about LSU. They don't drop that series at home to Ole Miss. They host a regional. I, I, yeah, They had their opportunities, but losing to a, a bad Kentucky team in the SEC tournament is uh ball. We got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up hour number two of this Memorial Day edition of RP3 and Company. That's all coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. In honor of those who pay the ultimate price, the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles remembers those brave individuals on this Memorial Day. Now back to more of Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Oh, don't go through another summer with that awful joint pain. Call QC Kinetics right now 
Hey, it's Raymond Parse III, better known as RP3. That pain in your back, your knees, your shoulder, it can now be treated with the latest in precision medicine using natural biologics, growth factors that can restore and repair damaged tissue. Really exciting stuff. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine, giving you access right here to this modern-day joint pain solution. You can get lasting joint pain relief with no drugs, no steroids, no downtime, and guess what? No surgery. You've heard Emmett Smith raving about QC Kinetics. You've read or seen other high-profile people talking about it. Regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics can help you get your life back. Take action right now. Get a free consultation. Powerful, effective joint pain treatments with natural biologics are here. Call QC Kinetics right now. 337-243-4222. That's 337-243-4222. Make sure to vote on our poll question of the day. What was the biggest surprise of the weekend? UL winning the conference tournament, LSU not hosting a regional, or the Astros losing two of three to the Seattle Mariners, or maybe all of the above. Go vote on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. But we got to take a timeout. Hour number two in the books. Hour number three right around the bend. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Our number three has arrived, which means there's only one more hour left on this Special Memorial Day edition of RP3 and Company. We are live and local from the game studios. Joined in the studios, as always, by the producer extraordinaire. Miss Hannah Five Names is in the house. She's running the ones and twos, man in the ones and twos, as they like to say. She's also joined over there by our new UL intern, official. There's paperwork involved in everything. Daryl Whittington is in the house. Having a great show. Trying to be great. First two hours, very good. Going to wrap it up even better here in hour number three. Jim Gazzolo, our friend, the great one, the great Gazzolo, from the Lake Charles American Press, will put a bow on the McNeese baseball team season, which came to a disappointing end this weekend by losing at home to Southeastern Louisiana in the championship round. And we'll get to that coming up at 8.30. We're going to talk NBA playoffs coming up in about 15 minutes as well. Our NBA finals are now set. Of course, we'll talk more about that throughout the week, but we'll talk a little bit about that matchup, and that's coming up next. But right now, let's talk a little bit more about the McNeese Cowboys. Because we've been spending a lot of today's show, and rightfully so, talking about the fact that LSU does not receive a regional bid. They will not host an NCAA regional. 
despite getting to 18 wins. That loss to Kentucky in the tournament hurt them greatly, and Florida making a run like they did also hurts. So Tigers are going to be on the road for the NCAA regionals. The Louisiana Raging Cajuns, meanwhile, they take down number one seed Texas State in the semis on Saturday, rally from being down 2 nothing, Then rally from being down 5 nothing against Georgia Southern, the team with the highest rated RPI in the Sunbelt Conference, so much so that they're going to be hosting an NCAA regional for the first time. And they come back and beat Georgia Southern. They win the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. They're going to an NCAA Regional for the first time since 2016. Year three, Matt Deggs gets it done. Latest projections from D1 Baseball have three of the four teams from the state of Louisiana actually playing in the Hattiesburg Regional. Is that actually going to happen? Hattiesburg, your host team will be Southern Miss. The two seed will be LSU. The three seed will be the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Four seed will be the Southeastern Louisiana Lions. Is that actually going to happen? That's the latest up-to-date morning of projections by D1 Baseball. They also have Louisiana Tech, that fourth team, playing up in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Is that actually what's going to happen? I don't know. Maybe. Could. Maybe, maybe, maybe. That would be box office. And we do know the NCAA is going to try to keep things as local as possible this time around. Gas prices are just ridiculous. And it's an actual regional. So you try to keep it as regional as possible. Do I think two teams from Louisiana are going to be in the Hattiesburg Regional? I sure do. Do I think it's going to be three? No, I do not. But we'll find out 11 o'clock this morning when Selection Monday is unveiled on ESPN2. The deuce. We do have a poll question of the day. What was the biggest surprise of the weekend? Was it LSU not getting a regional site? Was it UL winning the Sunbelt Conference tournament? Or was it the Astros dropping two of three at Seattle? They avoid the sweep yesterday with a 2-1 victory. I warned you all about this road trip. Kevin Foote warned you about this road trip as well. What was the biggest surprise of the weekend? Things are getting tight here on the results of the poll question of the day. 35% of you say UL winning the Sunbelt Conference Championship. 28% of you say LSU not hosting a regional. 19% of you say all of the above. And 18% of you say Astros losing to the Mariners. JPK, the OD, says, remember who planted the seed of Mariners fandom with Miss Anna Five Names? Teal with it, GIF, has returned to RP3 and company. I'm here for it. Thank you, JPK, the OD. Producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names has chimed in with just a simple tweet of hashtag fear the teal. Fear the teal. She's feeling good about her weekend. Are the Mariners now out of the basement in the AL West standings with that taking two of three from the Astros? You do realize that you don't get extra points in the standings by beating the team that leads the division, right? I just want to point that out. Look, I like the Seattle team. I said that they were going to be a wild card team. And the fact that they went off the face of a cliff for the better part of May, I don't know what happened there. But it's what they've been doing for more than a few years. Keep voting on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. 
But I want to talk a little bit about McNeese here while we have a few minutes because this is going to be a bitter pill to swallow for the Cowboys. They were trying to make history, get to an NCAA regional for three straight years. They had never done that before. They had ups and downs this season, had some injuries that were hard to overcome. They began conference play losing two of their first three series. They were towards the bottom of the standings, and they finished strong to win the regular season championship and get the one seed. And then they marched through their bracket, their part of the bracket, for the conference tournament, and then they met up with Southeastern Louisiana, a team that they defeated twice in the conference tournament a year ago, a team that they swept three games from this season. And then on Thursday, they win in walk-off fashion. But Friday's game was brutal. They lost on a walk-off walk. They lost on a walk-off walk. Both teams struggled with getting runners home. There was 23 runners left on the base pass. McNeese had plenty of opportunities to win that ball game. There was one moment in particular where the catcher, it's a strikeout, but he drops the ball so the runner can run to first to try to beat out the throw, and the catcher decides not to throw it to first and throws it to third instead. That extends the inning. And Southeastern scores. They should have won that game. They should have closed it out. And they opened up the door and then came the deciding game on Saturday where they committed four errors. They left runners on the base paths. And they had pitchers walking batter. They walked or hit double-digit batters in Saturday's game. They just played two of their worst games of the season. It just so happened to cost them a chance to go back to the NCAA Regional. Credit Southeastern Louisiana. Credit Preston Faulkner. That kid is a dude. That is a dog, as we like to say. He took over that series those last two games, and he was an absolute monster leading the Lions to a victory. So congrats to Southeastern for overcoming losing four straight, or six straight, rather, to the Cowboys. Ending... McNeese's record Southland Conference tournament winning streak at 12 games and going into Lake Charles and taking two or three to win the conference championship. They deserve credit. Absolute credit. But definitely a tough pill to swallow for Justin Hill's team. And this is what he had to say afterwards about the final game of the championship series between McNeese and Southeastern Louisiana. We played for a championship tonight and, you know, we came up short. And, you know, it's kind of one of those, like the last game, you don't really analyze the game. You kind of look at the box score and you watch the game, you kind of know what happened, kind of see how it worked worked out. I just know this team, I'm really proud of them because they they truly emptied the tank. And they went on a a seven-week sprint, if you think about when from that moment in New Orleans, it was a sprint, and sometimes you just run out of gas. And but you know what? Credit Southeastern, man. They played a little bit better than us. We played a little bit better than them on game one. They had it a little bit better than us, and, and they got out to a good start, and we couldn't catch them. Hey, he's talking about the trip to New Orleans. That's when they were swept by UNO in the third weekend series of the season. 
and you're like, oh, what about this team? And, and look, credit, they turned things around. But they should have won that conference championship. That, that That's going to be one that's going to sting a little bit. It just is. You're at home. You take game one. You're leading game two, and you just let it get away from you. And you had some miscues. And, and really, losing game two went ahead and set it up for them to lose game three. The, the pendulum swung the other way, and it swung directly in favor of Southeastern, and they took complete credit. You know, they took complete advantage of it. And errors were a problem. Four of them in Saturday's game, and Julian Gonzalez talked about how they were a huge thorn in their side. Yeah, well, I mean, we had made errors all tournament, really, and to see the four go up there in that E column is just it was hard. They had problems with errors early in the season. There was a moment where they had like 25 errors on the year, and they were averaging like uh, 1.8 errors a game. And they couldn't just figure it out. Like they, they were practicing, they just couldn't do it. Now, part of it was because their infield was affected by injury, so they had guys out of position. That played a role. But those errors that were an issue early in the season showed up. Once again, I said... They played their worst two games of the season at the absolute most inopportune time. And errors were costly for them again. But Julian, obviously an emotional end to the season, but Julian talked about just how proud he was of he and his teammates fighting all year long. The way this team fought, I mean, this this group of guys has been through so much, you know, with all the natural disasters that happened last year, you know, not having cages, not having anything. I just, I'm proud of the way this team fought all year, and it just shows a bunch of character. It, it goes back to game two, right? It, it goes back to Friday's game. It really does. They let that one get away from them. And Hill's right. Southeastern played better in that game, but McNeese should have won that game. And they, they that's the one that they're... Look, yesterday's game, they, they were able to play two or three runs there in the ninth to make it closer than it was. It really wasn't that close. Southeastern was the, the, the clearly the better team on Saturday. But Friday, they weren't. And that's the one that McNeese let it get away from him. And Brad Burkle... Uh, Burkell, rather, who had a, a monster championship series. Hit the tar out of the ball. Um, he said, look, they know that they had their chance, and that was in game two. Yeah, I think it's tough. Just And it's not just with the moment from last night, but even in today's game, even you know throughout the entire game where we felt like we had moments where we could you know, hold them a little bit longer or make uh, the most of certain offensive yeah. situations. And, yeah, you know, after those times pass, you look back and you think, wow, you know, we, we could have taken advantage of that number four. So, yeah. They know, look, they know they let it get away from them a little bit. They just did. But Hill, despite the disappointment, he said afterwards just how proud he was of his team and their season that they had. You know, we took it to the very end. And this team's not defined by one game, you know, especially what they did. So, um, again, credit, congratulations, Southeastern. Um, but just extremely proud of uh, this group, um, a lot of individuals and what they did, and our coaching staff. And the fact that it, that it hurts kind of tells you where we are.
So disappointment for the McNeese Cowboys, but credit Southeastern Louisiana for winning the winning the championship series and moving on to an NCAA regional. But this is going to be one that McNeese is going to look back and go, man, we let that one get away. They just did. And it happens. Baseball, it, 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 it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. This is baseball. These things happen when it comes to baseball, where you inexplicably commit four errors or you inexplicably have double-digit runners left on base and you just can't get the timely hits. Or on Friday's game, you bring in two relievers and they back-to-back give up walks on five pitches. Bring in one reliever, five pitches, walks to load the bases. Well, that's awful. Bring in another pitcher, five pitches, walks in the winning run. Like, it's baseball, man. Just baseball. We'll talk more about the McNeese baseball team with Jim Gazzola, who'll join us in about 15 minutes from right now here on RP3 and Company. But we got to take a timeout. When we return, NBA playoffs, we have the finals. They're now set. Boston survives another brutal seven-game series. Are they going to have anything left in the tank for the Golden State Warriors? We'll talk about that next, coming up right here on RP3 and Company. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles appreciates the sacrifices made to grant all of us a chance to enjoy freedom on this Memorial Day. Now back to more of Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Oh, it's the game's birthday, and you are invited to come hang out with us. That's right. Celebrate 10 years of us becoming Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Join us at Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador Caffrey on Wednesday, June the 22nd. That's right. Wednesday, June the 22nd. There will be delicious wings. Woo! There's going to be amazing door prizes. And, of course, all your favorite personalities from 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Yours truly will be there. Matt Miguez will be there. Kevin Foote will be there. James Mesh will be there. Hannah Five Names will be there. The Blonde Bomber Jordy Holberg will be there. It's going to be a party! Buffalo Wild Wings, Ambassador Caffrey, Wednesday, June the 22nd. We're celebrating 10 years. We want you to be there. Come on by. Hang out with us. It's going to be amazing. It's the game's 10th birthday bash. We expect you to be there. Come join us Wednesday, June 22nd. Let's talk a little NBA playoffs, shall we? Golden State is going to be well-rested as they await. Well, they got an extra day of rest as they awaited the final the finale of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. Celtics survived the Heat, winning last night 100-96. to They win the series four games to three. Jason Tatum is your Eastern Conference Finals MVP. And Boston, after being denied during this run multiple times of making it to the NBA Finals in the last five years, They finally get the job done. They punch their ticket to an NBA Finals. But that said, what do they have left in the tank? That's the big thing here. 
What do they have left, Boston? You could argue they were the best team, at least the best defensive team, the last 35 games of the regular season. They just turned it on. And this was a great series. They rolled out early, double-digit lead on Miami in the first quarter. But credit the Heat. They took over in the second quarter. Then the teams were evenly matched in the last few quarters. But Boston made enough shots down the stretch. Tatum has 26 points last night. But they get 24 from Smart and 24 from Jalen Brown. So their big three scores at least 24 points in the closeout game. Miami, meanwhile... Jimmy Butler goes off for 35. Bam gives him 25, but Kyle Lowry gives him 15, but that's it. P.J. Tucker got him nothing. Zip. Zero. No points. No points. Boston had better depth, and it showed here as they won game seven. This is back-to-back seven-game series for Boston, and they've dealt with injuries to Al Horford, and they've dealt with injuries to Marcus Smart. So... How much do they have left in the tank? Now, they only needed four games to beat Brooklyn to eliminate the Nets out of the playoffs. But then it's seven games against the Bucs, and that was a physical, hard, difficult series for Boston. Then they had another physical, chippy, hard seven-game series against Miami. That's a lot. They're not going to be 100% healthy. They're going to be banged up, and they're going to be tired. They're going to be towards the tail end of things, so to speak. Are they going to have enough left in their tank and be able to play good enough defense to make a series of this and beat the Golden State Warriors? Because the Warriors, they only needed five games to beat the Mavs. And they needed six games to beat Memphis, in the semifinals, even with John Moran out, and they needed five games to beat the Nuggets. So they've been tested a little bit here, but they got the extra rest. And here's the big matchup. Six finals appearances since 2015 for James Ron Green, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and head coach Steve Kerr. They've been here. They've done this. They're looking to win their fourth Larry O'Brien trophy in that time. They're looking to put the exclamation point on a dynasty run they're veterans they know how to win a championship they've done it they've lost championships they know exactly what happens that allows you to lose a championship which they've done they've done both they have an opportunity to get back on track and win that fourth ring They have the experience. And here's the other thing about Golden State. They've been able the last couple of years keeping their core together, Draymond, Clay, and Steph. They're healthy. Oh, and by the way, they retooled their roster by adding guys to it like Andrew Wiggins, like others who are starting to absolutely thrive. They've been able to have these other guys find their role, and be part of what they're doing. Looney's played well in limited time. Jordan Poole has been a revelation, the 22-year-old from Michigan, shooting guard. When Clay was injured, he filled in and was the other splash brother. Clay comes back. 
Jordan just comes off the bench and gives you 20. Andrew Wiggins has thrived finally. Went from being a guy that we thought may be a bust to a guy who's now playing up to his potential. Those guys, though, don't know what it's like to play in a series like this. They don't know what it's like at the biggest stage. But that's where Draymond, Clay, and Steph come in. Boston, on the same hand, they haven't been there either. They've been tested two back-to-back seven-game series for the Celtics, and they have a great young core in Tatum, Smart, and Brown. Make no bones about it. But they've never played for an NBA championship. So youth versus experience. Both teams have been tested. Boston more so, but Boston's going to have a little bit more wear and tear on their guys. Be interesting to see how this series goes down. It really will be. Golden State, Boston. That's your NBA Finals. That's what's going to be going down. The best of seven series begins Thursday. And then we're going to do the classic NBA Finals thing. Let's play a game on Thursday. Then let's have, I don't know, two days off and not play again until Sunday. And then, wait, wait, let's then take two more days off and play on Wednesday. It's going to take them, like, this is the part I don't understand. The rest of the playoffs is set up a certain way, but the finals is set up where you have two days off in between every game. The finals are going to begin on June the 2nd. They will not end on June the 19th if it goes seven games. (laughs) <laughs> it's so stupid. I'm sorry. It's just so dumb. You make these teams play back-to-back like this during the regular playoffs, but when we get to the finals, it's two days of rest in between. I hate that, by the way. That, that That's a big old woof from your boy RP3. Woof. Conference finals wraps up on Sunday. We don't play the first game of the finals until Thursday. And then we're not going to play another game until Sunday. Not a fan. Not a fan of the finals format. That's just me. First two games will be at Golden State. Then the middle two games, games three and four, will be in Boston. And then after that, as needed, in in Golden State, in San Francisco, then at, at Boston, and then back at San Francisco if needed. So Golden State has the home court advantage here in the NBA Finals. Once again, NBA Finals don't get started until Thursday. And if they go seven games, it'll last all the way until June 19th. Woof. You know what's not a woof? Our next guest. The great one himself. The great Gozolo. Jim Gozolo from the Lake Charles American Press will join us, putting a bow on McNeese baseball season. That's coming up. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. May 30th, 1927, 
With Walter Johnson on the mound, the Washington Senators defeat the Boston Red Sox 3-0. In the win, Johnson records his 110th and final shutout of his Hall of Fame career, which is the most in history. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. When you are as great as our next guest, sometimes, sometimes, the people that work underneath you don't let you know that people are wanting you to come on the air. Because when you're that great, you have all these responsibilities. Obviously, the people under the great Gozolo did not bring to his attention that his interview was ready to go. But thankfully... We have him on the air now. He will punish someone for this. I can guarantee you. When you're the great Gazzolo, you don't put up with no mess. No mess will be tolerated over in the chuck by our next guest. He's the award-winning beat reporter for the Lake Charles American Press. He's our good friend, the one and only, Jim Gazzolo. Jim, good morning to you, my friend. How are you today? I was feeding the dogs. <laughs> I was just in the other room feeding the dogs. <laughs> and when the phone rang, I had the, they, they, you know. So humble. So humble that he decides, you know what? I will feed my own dogs. That's the type of man we're talking about right here. He could pay Who someone to do, to do that. that. You could pay someone else to do that, right? <laughs> Why? I don't know. I guess you could. I mean, I really never thought of that, but uh, I guess I could. Good morning, brother. Good morning, bud. Mo- good morning, and good good morning, and happy Memorial Day to you. There we go. There we go. All right, bud. I'm in a festive mood because of that. There we go. You're festive. You're always festive. So <laughs> let's let let look. I don't want to take anything away from McNeese's season. So please don't misunderstand. But you're going to. But they let the championship slip through their hands. I I, I mean, the way they lost Friday's game was brutal. I mean, they come in, you give up the lead, you keep straining runners on the base pass, the catcher makes the the snafu that that allows a runner to score, and then you bring in one relief pitcher who walks – a batter on five pitches to load the bases, and then you bring in another relief pitcher who walks the game-winning run in on five pitches. Uh, it was brutal to watch Friday night, and uh, uh, they didn't really have anything left to bounce back from on on Saturday. No. Um, it really comes down to two plays. The Obviously, the catcher's gaff, and uh, the play at the plate that was video-reviewed. It could go, It could have gone either way. And um, not much left on Saturday. Um, probably, in retrospect, he picked the wrong pitcher to start. Uh, but I, I thought what was interesting was we we were always talking about could they keep within two or three runs to get to the closer because they were going to kill the closer when the Southeastern closer came in. And the three runs in the ninth inning that Southeastern piled on actually was the difference because – they got to the closer in the ninth inning yeah. uh, once again. Um, so 
they just they ran out of arms is the best way to put it. They had a seven week run that uh, just ended in a brutal fashion on Friday. It's interesting how the one play changes everything. Yeah, because had they had that now you're now you're four outs away, and you're doing something completely different with your bullpen because you you don't have to save for Saturday night. You empty the tank on Friday night, try to get the four outs with your two closers, and that flips everything. They 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 lost the series on Friday. I mean, and yeah, it, they did. It, and and I said it earlier, Jim. This is how baseball sometimes works. It, it just yeah, it, it works because baseball can be a funny, funny game, uh, right? It, it's a very flaky mistress, if you want to, if, if another way of saying it, because. Everything went right. They won in walk-off fashion on Thursday, and then they turn around and lose on walk-off fashion to a team that they had had an immense amount of success against. The big thing that also stood out to me from the series was they had no answer for Preston Faulkner. Like, he was a monster, and it didn't matter who was pitching. They couldn't get him out to save their lives. No, they couldn't, and and that was – and finally on on Saturday night – the two guys behind him got six hits. And that was the first time they really got hit. So that's why the, the, the score went to where it did. Um, but, yeah, it, they you can you can point your finger to a lot of things. But the reality is they had a 2 nothing lead in the first inning on Friday night. And they dominated the next seven innings but never added on, never added runs, left runners everywhere. And that – was the key to me because they never extended their lead to where they were comfortable with saying, this is the night we go for it. And like, like I said, it's, this is a team that always had clutch hits, didn't leave a lot of runners, and they just did. Uh, they had 11, you know, they had 11 hits and two runs. And that's, they had, you know, and that's, they had a bad couple of innings of baseball and yeah. it, it, it cost them the series. We're talking with Jim Gazzolo of the Lake Charles American press He joins us here on RP3 and Company. Okay, all that being said, and look, it's brutal to lose a championship series. You never forget it, right? Especially one that you were in the driver's seat, having taken game one and leading game two. And at home. At home, right? So that's this this one's going to sting, and it's going to sting for a while. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, dealing with the injuries that they dealt with, dealing with the players that they lost the season prior – they still find a way to win a regular season championship. Justin Hill passes Tony Robichaux for the all-times wins list. And they make it to the championship round of the conference tournament. A lot of teams in the conference would take that. I know the standard is higher at McNeese, especially with what Hill's been able to do the last few years. Can they still, and should they rather, look at this season as a success? Yeah, but it will take time. Because because the ending was... The ending was so abrupt and so complete and brutal. You, you always, you always have that. You always have, you're always left with your last moments. Um, and because of you, you can like, as I like to say, is you can always look back and say, "What if? What if? What if?" You went to bed Friday night saying, "We're five outs away, one one play away, and one video review away from a championship." And because of that. That's what will stick with you in your mind because you always stick. Losses always stick longer. Um, but yeah, the, the year was really a success overall. 
and he's got a, a program in a position that I don't think anybody thought it would be. Um, but still, <laughs> that's a rough. And we got to see who comes back. Does Brad Burkell take a fifth year and play? Come back. Uh, who does come back? Who doesn't come back? That's kind of what what I think is going to be the interesting thing with it now. And that and leads me to my to keep coming here. That leads me to my next question: Does Justin Hill come back? Yeah, I think so. Um, I had a conversation with him after the game on, on game two, um, and basically said, you know, this is the program I want. I can do a lot of things here. I've got it in the right direction. It would take an awful lot for me to leave. And I, I don't, I don't see baseball as being that type where they do that, where the, where the money is so extreme that they do that. And, you know, he does – there's something to him having – building something there and heading in the right direction, even despite the disappointing finish. So, besides uh, Burkell, who are some of the other question marks heading into the offseason on whether or not they're going to stay or they're going to go? Well, I think Peyton Harden, player of the year. Um, He has another year of COVID eligibility if he wants it. Uh, Josh Leslie – uh, I think stays for a second year there. Um, Trey Oberjean, who was their best hitter and did not play most of the year with a, with a thumb injury, only played 14 games. He has requested to play an extra year. The NCAA and uh, the league have both granted him that year, I believe, so I think he'll stay. Uh, and then some of the pitchers. Uh, Grant Rogers, the pitcher of the year, I think he'll probably stay. Um but you never know at the transfer portal. I say that, but you never know. You never do so that, know with the transfer yeah. portal um, and, the, and the era that we live in. Who's the player that's on the roster that's going to be the, the biggest threat to being to leave because they got drafted high enough? Uh, I, I think, well, I don't think Burkell, Brad Burkell does get drafted, but he would be the one. Um, Cameron Foster is going to go. So there, there's not a question about him. Uh, so the, that's kind of the only one. They just in today's game <clears throat> with the shorter draft and the, the younger guys getting drafted, the less minor league teams. I don't. There's not as much reason to leave. There's not as many opportunities to leave. There's not as many things going on in minor league baseball that gives you those opportunities. And kids are understanding that. And so we'll see how that plays out. But that's kind of my, my thoughts is it depends on who comes back. What I, were, I can't judge anything on who's coming back in today's game anywhere. <laughs> what do you make of how Lake Charles and how McNeese handled hosting the conference tournament like they did? I thought it was pretty good. I thought they put on a pretty good show. Um they drew, they drew nice crowds. They almost got to 4,000 in three nights. Uh, but I, I think the thing is that the couple of things they have to upgrade to really be. They have to put in the TV sports, which they promised, which is the video review where you get all the angles, not just the ESPN angles. Um, they have to fix what's left of their stadium. They have to have the overhang for the crowd because the first two, the first six innings, people were just baking in the heat. Um, including us at times, 
I even took an umbrella so I could have a little side the last night. Uh, <laughs> but those, I, I think they learned. The interesting thing is they used it as an opportunity to learn what they got to do. I really liked the setup of the uh, two double bracket championship series next weekend. I think the mid-majors are going to go to that. I think eventually the Southland will go back to that once they get eight teams back in the league. Uh, I think that was the two out of three was a really good um, crowd pleaser. Now it benefited by it being two of the better um, teams that are followed in the league. I don't think you have that if you have Incarnate Word and Houston Baptist at New Orleans. But I think that the way it's set up this year, it was a nice. It was really nice. And this gives them a, and, and this also Jim gives them an, an idea of what they need to do moving forward because the baseball. Uh, tournament will be the south the conference tournament will be held at mcneese moving forward right for a couple years is that correct uh i i think it will be it is under contract too i think that's a negotiating point that i think people are going to talk about um and say i they i think there was a lot of momentum from everybody to uh do this bracket two out of three championship and I think moving forward, you're going to see a lot of people say, hey, that, that's really the way you should go. And maybe that's McNeese's give back to the league eventually is we're no longer going to host it. We're going to do it this way, but we'll still host the basketball. I can see that in a couple of years. Yeah, but, but the league has to get stabilized. Before that happens. In the league, because there's only seven next year. Yeah, before that happens, the league has to get stabilized before that. Right. So we're talking, but so the, the, the situation that, that he's for the uh, athletic director negotiated with the conference to stay in the conference. Part of that is hosting the baseball tournament in 2023, correct? Yes. Okay. And And you won't give that up in 2023, but moving after that, possibly. I got you. Okay. Jim, bud, appreciate your time. As always, it's been great catching up with you throughout the season you have some time off now brother before gearing up for southland conference media day in july what are you going to do with your downtime this summer bud going on a vacation going to the beach no, <laughs> no. <laughs> um there's no downtime let's uh we'll have season wrap-ups coming um uh-huh we, we we're gonna meet uh, i think it's next week with uh coach goff and talk about his recruiting uh, Coach Kennedy's going to talk about his women's basketball recruiting. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be. It'll that's be not nice seven days a week, Great Gazzolo. What are you doing? That's come on. That's not going to be seven days a week. You get some relaxing time. You get to spend some time with the family. I'll feed the dogs. Oh, there you go. Feed the dogs. <laughs> Jim, appreciate your time, brother. <laughs> I'll talk right. to you later, bud. I know you got a story right, to tell me, up. so I'm going to call you later. <laughs> All right, bud. That's Jim Gazzolo from the Lake Charles American Press putting a bow on McNeese Baseball's 2022 season. We got to put a bow on this show. Memorial Day edition of RP3 and Company about to be in the books. We'll get you set up with Kevin Foote and Footnotes. That's all next. We'll finalize the poll question of the day as well. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. In honor of those who pay the ultimate price, the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles remembers those brave individuals on this Memorial Day. Now back to more of Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. 
Uh, final results of our poll question of the day. What was the biggest surprise of the weekend? Was it UL winning the Sun Belt Championship Tournament? Was it LSU not hosting a regional? Was it Astros losing to the Mariners? Was it all of the above? I told you all about them, Astros. I told you all about the Mariners. Nine-game road trips are awful. And the Astros have a bullseye on their back for everyone in that division because they're the best team, and they've been that way for five years. So when you come to town, you're going to get that team's best effort. And the Astros' bats went silent, and the Astros dropped two of three to the Mariners. They were able to avoid being swept yesterday with a 2-1 victory. That's the classic Kevin Foote type of victory, 2-1. So I wasn't surprised by that. I was a little surprised by LSU not hosting regional, but when they lost to Kentucky, who's not a good team, that dropped their RPI, they're going to be on the road. So I guess you will because they took out Texas State after being down 2 to nothing and then rallied from 5 nothing down to Georgia Southern, the team with the best RPI in the Sun Belt Conference, a team that's hosting a regional. You agreed with me. 34% of you say UL winning the Sun Belt Conference tournament's the biggest surprise of the weekend. 29% of you say LSU hosting, not hosting a regional. 19% for the Strohs losing to the Mariners, and 18% for all of the above. Want to thank our guest Jeff Palermo from the Louisiana Radio Network talking all things LSU. Jim Gazzolo from the Lake Charles American Press. Once again, latest projections from D1 Baseball as of this morning. Hattiesburg Regional. Southern Miss, your one seed. LSU, your two. UL, your three. And Southeastern Louisiana, your four. Will that actually happen? I don't think so, but we'll find out shortly after 11 o'clock today. For the intern extraordinaire, Daryl, the producer extraordinaire, Hannah I'm Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foote and Footnotes is up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.